Have you ever been captured, just arrested by a work of art? Maybe it was a visit to a world-class museum or when you attended the symphony. Or perhaps it was a visit to a gorgeous cathedral or reading a work of classic literature. I know I have. I'll tell you about one time when it happened to me, coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome, friends, to The Inner Life. Happy Friday to you all. Each day here on The Inner Life, we seek to encourage and inspire one another with the help of our spiritual directors to a deeper life of faith. I am Patrick Conley, your host, pleased to be with you for the hour ahead. I remember the night well. My wife and I had tickets to the local chamber orchestra, and they were playing a variety of music, including one piece by a guy I'd never heard of, an Estonian composer by the name of Arvo Pert. The write-up in the notes said he was a 20th century composer, so I'll admit I was a bit dubious as modern classical music was not always to my liking. And the piece that was played was Cantus in Memoriam Benjamin Britten. Well, when the piece began, I was not initially impressed. Different instruments in the orchestra just started playing what sounded like discordant, descending scales, seemingly out of harmony and out of time with one another. But as I listened, a harmony of both time and tone emerged. I became more and more intrigued until, at the end, they all ended up in a gripping unison. And by that point... I was weeping. The music had touched my soul. And that can be the way with art. It can touch us in ways other things cannot. Today, here on The Inner Life, we're going to be talking about art and what it means for our faith. Let's say hello to our spiritual director for the hour, Father J.J. Mech. Father J.J. is a priest of the Archdiocese of Detroit and the rector of the Cathedral of the Most Blessed Sacrament. Father J.J., welcome. Good to be with you. I appreciate it. Great to be with you. And i got to correct you. It's called Cathedral of the Most Blessed Sacrament, and it is the Apostolic Center of the Arts. So that's kind of, ah. that's, I think that's a great uh, push in that, because yeah. we here utilize art for everything you just said, Patrick. So that's wonderful. All right. I, I got to say, Father, I am, I am really excited about our topic for today because art touches so many people in so many ways. And I'm hoping we get lots of calls, too, if there has been a piece of art, a piece of literature, a piece of music, something that has touched you and, and driven you deeper into your faith. Give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. So, Father, let's just start in with a whole... Just a, just a, uh, I guess a grappling with art because that that word could be used in many different ways. When when we are talking about art today here on the inner life, what are we talking about? Good question, good question. And I don't want to be limiting in that because uh, let me give you a little story behind this. When in my last assignment before I became the rector here at the cathedral in Detroit. Um, I was at a big, wonderful, thriving parish, and uh, you know that um, St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict and, and the whole mission of what we were supposed to be doing with this new evangelization. 
So I thought, well, you know, I'm sitting in a boring meeting thinking about what, you know, what can we do, Lord? What are you, what are you asking of me? And I love art. I, I've, I've loved art since I was a little guy. I'm an artist myself. And, and um, when I, w- I went to Michigan State University and when I was there, never got, I went to Catholic school um, all prior to that, never was able to take an art class because that's not what mom and dad thought was good use of our tuition, you know, when you have a giant family and you're paying for that. So I go and I have to uh, sit in this art class and look and came alive. That I'm sitting in this, this lecture hall with these beautiful pictures, not always religious, beautiful pictures that just touched me. And I, and I got a 4.0 and loved it. And that sent me on this amazing trajectory of where I believe we can utilize art in such a way to get to God. And so when I, when you, to answer your question, to get to art, or to get to God, pardon me, through art, you can use any means of what we're talking about. When you look at this in regards to it, people oftentimes thinks, think it's an oil painting, think they need to go to the Detroit Institute of Arts with this great collection there and only sure. go there. But no, we can go through, like you said, with music, there's dance. There is theater. There are so many different venues. And when I was sitting at the parish that I mentioned earlier, I thought, what can I do? And we ended up doing something called Art for God's Sake with a whole bazillion group of people. We transformed the parish for a weekend into uh, a center for the arts, and we had dance, music that was composed. We had 400 pieces of art, and we taught how to pray with art, which I think is significant. And people were challenged, just to you know, make a long answer to your question, about saying, well, Father, we thought it would only be what they kind of assumed as religious art. But beauty is everywhere, and, and, and so we can't limit it to what we think it should be, because God always surprises us. And we had transformations happen through that weekend, one person, one artist was Jewish because it was an ecumenical thing that I brought in. And uh, she is now a Roman Catholic who serves here at the cathedral as an usher. So wow. God doesn't stop bringing beauty to, you know, and, and he connects us with Christ. The liturgy is beauty and is artistic. And so that's wonderful. And that means, I mean that in the best of terms. Yeah. Maybe we should delve in a little bit into beauty, too, and define that as well. Now, it's uh, frequently lumped together with its two friends, truth and goodness, right? I mean, we're talking about the transcendentals here. Um, what about beauty? I mean, beauty being something that we encounter that God himself is beauty, uh, but we also can encounter real beauty here in, in this life, in, in the created world. What are your, what are your thoughts on beauty, Father? Excellent. Excellent question. I'm uh, chaplain uh, for the Patron of the Arts of the Vatican Museum um, here in Detroit. And uh, what we do in the Michigan chapter and what we do is we help restore art. And sometimes the people who um, utilize and give their resources to help restore art, they're surprised that it's not all religious art. So it can be we need to stretch that back in regards to our idea of what beauty is. And I love you've we've seen sunsets. We've sat in the middle of fields and, and smelled the beautiful scent of the, the wildflowers that are around us. And even if you just see a color, I, and I know that sounds kind of trite, but sometimes in my, I have a little prayer corner and I will change up art. I love to pray with art. And I will just stare at something and there's this vibrant, even if it's just one single color, it allows you to connect who is the the creator of it all who is the ultimate you know artist artist of all is god 
And when I, here in our cathedral, we have wonderful windows. They're, they're in a sense, world famous because um, people came from all over the world 120 years ago when they were put in because of their vibrant jewel tones. So what happens is back in the Middle Ages, they had something called the pot metal method. And they would melt the sand, and then they would add metal to it to add vibrant jewel colors. So they lost the recipe over the years and didn't use it. And they think they recreated the recipe when these windows were created here in Detroit. So people came by. And I I bring that up because there was a gentleman. I walked into the cathedral one time, and there was a gentleman standing there, and he was crying. And uh, I went up to him to make sure he was okay. It was just the two of us in this entire giant cathedral. And I said, you know, are you all right? And right. he said, it's just so beautiful. And I, I, and I kind of was puzzled with what he said. And I followed his vision of sight. And he was looking up to our rose window. And the rose window uh, was uniquely lit because the sun was in the lower part of the sky. And I don't know if you've ever driven on the road and you see where, like, the heat comes off the road. And it makes it kind of moving ahead of you. Sure. Like the, yeah. And it's kind of, kind of unique like that. And that's what was happening. And the window, which is filled with cherubs and color and unique designs, it looked like it was on fire. And I've never seen it since. I'd like that. And, and so I think God works through rose windows. God works through the beautiful melody that you and your wife heard. God works through just simple, simple little things. Even infants, when you show them something beautiful, they're distracted. They, they are distracted from their own selves, and they find it pleasant when they look at something pretty. And I just think that is so awe-inspiring. So when we limit our idea of beauty, we do a disservice to ourselves and to God. Because when we connect with that, when you were talking about the transcendentals, you know, it's going beyond really what we understand, what we comprehend, what our mind can even, you know, time and space and matter and all that wonderful philosophical stuff. But we can all relate. We don't have to have a degree in philosophy to connect with beauty. And and our Holy Father said, uh, I forget how many years ago, he said, in every age, we as a church, we're called, utilizing the arts, you know, to express our faith in beauty. And, and that's what it's all about. And it's coming alive. And we do it in so many different ways. And that's what's so... I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm getting all excited, because when I talk about this, <laughs> it just brings people alive yeah. in that. And people oh, I can't do this, I'm not an artist, I'm not a, you know, and and we limit our vocation and we limit our connection with Christ because we we put certain boundaries around it. And so what do you like? And when I do spiritual direction, when I talk with people, what do you like? Well, I, and they want to go to something, you know, that would be overtly religious. I said, no, 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 let's go back. What was the last beautiful thing that you experienced? And, and then we stretch and we come alive, because I think the Lord is always stretching us. There are certain types of art that I really love, and there are certain types of art that I do not enjoy, but I challenge myself to experience it, because if it's beautiful, God is in there, and we need mm. to take that, that, you know, diving into that head first. Our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life is Father J.J. Mack, priest of the Archdiocese of Detroit and rector of the Cathedral of the Most Blessed Sacrament, Apostolic Center of Arts and Culture. So grateful that we are we have him on as our spiritual director today as we're talking about faith and the arts. Was there a piece of art, a work of art, somewhere where you encountered God through beauty? 
and you'd like to share that, please give us a call then, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Or you can send us an email. Our email address is relevantradio.com. Well, Father, wonderful beginning to the show, and I, I too am getting excited because, like you say, um, whenever you encounter beauty, you know, you're encountering the divine, and, and, you can, and you can see that. So let me ask you, Father, I mean, is, have there been specific things in your memory? Is, do you have a little testimony of somewhere where you encountered the Lord through a work of art? Yes, and this was only a few weeks ago. We've been doing monthly, we have something called the Cathedral Cultural Series, where we have... Um, different folks come in to elevate our spirit to God, and uh, we've been doing Vespers, and we have different um, choral groups, different uh, individuals come in and play. We have a wonderful organ. We have an organ that was donated by the um, Fisher family. I myself am not a musician, but it has a bazillion ranks and different pipes, and, and we have perfect acoustics um, in our cathedral, which, which are, it's amazing. So what I did a few weeks ago when I was seated in our cathedral and I simply closed my eyes and I listened to the pieces that were being sung and prayed. They were, they were being prayed and you can pray art. And, and so that's what happened. And you'd think, okay, of course, I'm going to know this. This would be, you know, of course, it's going to be beautiful. We're singing praise to God with vespers in the, in the office and all of that. But when I allowed the whole, I closed my eyes and I allowed the whole experience, I could feel, and I, this is going to sound a little strange, but I could feel the music kind of in my chest because of the, uh, the wonderful acoustics in the place. And I was seated in a particular spot that I, in the congregation um, that I had not been seated before, and it kind of consumed me. And I let myself, with the transcendental, let myself just go. I let my prayer happen. And it was amazing being touched by God in that way. And it's almost indescribable, even though I'm, I'm fumbling with my words. But I was able to, I was smiling. I found myself when I opened my eyes, I was smiling and not exactly sure why. But it was so beautiful. And that's not, I tend to be more of a visual artist in that. This was such an amazing gift, and I, mm-hmm. and it's echoed, you know, a month into my prayer, and it's affected me. So I love that. I think that's wow. a wonderful thing. It is indeed. Let's go to the phones, Father. We've got Grace, who's calling in from California. Grace, thank you for calling in, and welcome to the Inner Life. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I just wanted to say I thought that this topic was really cool because recently I've been trying out different forms of prayer, and the recent one I've been trying is drawing with God. So, like, after I, <clears throat> excuse me, after I, like, um, you know, do my prayer, I'll, I'll just, like, draw with him, like, kind of like a father-daughter date kind of thing. So I thought that this topic was really cool because it's just, yeah, I thought other people could take something from it. Grace, I, I love this. This is Father JJ. I, I, I love that you're doing this. I really commend you. And if I can ask you, if I, what have you drawn? What is the what is the the result of your date with Father and with the Father? And, and that's the first question. And then, what has it done to you? Would be my second question. Sure. Um, I started off with drawing like um, religious icons. 
So I have a bunch of statues in my house, and I'll start off with trying to draw those, or like, I'll I'll just try to ask God, like, what do you, okay, what do you want to draw with me today, kind of thing. But what I what I get out of it is I feel closer to Him. Like, He's He's my Father, and <laughs> sometimes you just you sometimes get in this habit of just asking Him for things when you just like spend time with Him, and spending time with Him, it's really helps me feel closer to him in a way and not like I'm separate from him. And what, and I don't know if you were aware, but another title for icons is a window into heaven. Um, So when, when the original artist would write an icon, they were inspired by God and it was kind of looking into the beautiful, looking into God. And, uh, and so, I'm not surprised by your answer, and I congratulate you. I think that's a wonderful gift that you're stretching yourself, and you are not dismissing what is happening. Because, in my opinion, art, when it's done well, um, not for shock value, I'm not a fan of that kind of art, but when, when you experience the beauty of art, it's transformative. You walk away different, and I love that. I'm glad you're, that you had that experience. Grace, thank you for thank calling you. in. That's a great testimony to you. And I love I love the father-daughter date type of uh, idea there. That, that's just a great way of looking at it. Just a great time of spending time with our Heavenly Father, right? I love it. Grace, thank you so much for calling in. If you have a story of a piece of art in or, or creating perhaps a work of art, uh, then give us a call. Join the conversation. We've got some people calling in. We've got some phone lines open, though. Our number here on the Inner Life is 888-914-9149. We'd love to know how how art has touched your life of faith. So please do call in. Uh, let's take one more quick phone call here before the break. Uh, Susanna is calling in from New Mexico. Susanna, welcome to the Inner Life. Thank you very much. Yes, I never failed to be moved by Michelangelo's uh, sculpture, the Pietà. I've never been to Italy, but on television movies, and if no one is moved by the sorrow that Michelangelo captured in that sculpture of Our Lady and the dead body of Our Lord, I, I just can't see how anyone it cannot be touched. What do you think, Father? I mean, have you uh, have you looked on the Pietà yourself? Oh, you bet. And what yeah. I've been trying to do is trying to get a, a a copy of that here at our cathedral. We actually have I have the bust, just the head of the Blessed Mother, outside my office, mm-hmm. and uh, and I have another similar image in my rectory because of and that's where with Michelangelo. I mean, what an amazing artist! And that's always good when you start with somebody who is so with it, the classic in that regard. But then when I, what I love about the Pieta is how it draws you even more fully in. What's, what's a challenge is that when, when the individual um, attacked it with a hammer at that point uh, X number of years ago, that you were a little bit distanced in the Vatican when you were able to go there. But it's still, even from a distance, you're, you're moved with it. And what I appreciate about looking at it from a distance is you see the proportions of the way Michelangelo did that. And if, if the Blessed Mother were to stand up, um, that in regards to when she was holding our Lord, she would have been a giant, is how, you know, when I was studied that and prayed over that. And, uh, and what I love about that is that you don't even realize that when it, you're seated, when she's seated there and when you're praying with that, 
in the beauty of that, but I love even in that analogy where she is so overwhelmingly giant, and we look at that, and I always ask the Holy Spirit, guide me. What do you want me to understand? What do you want me to comprehend? And I stay with something that surprises me, and that's when I look at that, trying to figure out the proportions, is that she is so overwhelmingly gifted in drawing us to Christ. And so when she's holding that with the fatigue and the sadness of holding her deceased son, she did it with faith. Mm-hmm. And so when I walk away from that, I'm saying, we got to do it, it, it sounds so trite, but it is so true. We have to do everything with faith, even looking at a television show, even looking at um, our uh, anything. When we're driving in and we see a sunset, we're so busy on, or on, our, on our lives and we're ready to look at our phone in our, in our little you know, distractions that we have, we can truly miss the beautiful. And so I would encourage all of the listeners, anybody who hears this, to be able to stop and, and do what you did, Patrick, for me. You said, what was your last moment of beauty? And I could easily say, you know, 10 minutes ago with in the fill in the blank. But I want each one of us to do that, to discover. I don't believe in coincidence or luck. And I think God is working in everything. And to right. discover where God is, because he's going to unveil this beauty and he's going to do it. And I would just take a picture. Just take, even if it's a grainy photo of the Pieta, and it draws you into, especially in Lent, when we look at what our Lord has done, and when we are about that, it, you know, it just it moves us to the next level. Yeah, very good. Well, again, our, our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today is Father J.J. Mack. We're talking about faith in the arts, if there's been a way that a work of art, be it a painting, a sculpture, a bit of music, some literature, poetry, whatever it is that has touched you and uh, and drawn you deeper into the life of faith, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short break, but we're going to be back with more of The Inner Life and your calls right after this. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. That's that parrot piece that I was talking about at the beginning of the show, Arvo Parrot and uh, Contus in Memoriam Benjamin Britten. And I know it, it may not grab you at first, but uh, trust me, look it up, listen to it all the way through, and it is arresting. We are talking about faith and the arts today with our spiritual director, Father J.J. Mack, a priest of the Archdiocese of Detroit and the rector of the Cathedral of the Most Blessed Sacrament. And uh, yeah. Arts and culture wrapped right into that, which is uh, he's a great spiritual director for our topic today. Just a quick reminder to folks, um, tomorrow, of course, and actually starting at evening prayer tonight, we have the Solemnity of the Annunciation. And Pope Francis has asked everyone to renew their consecration. Remember a year ago, we consecrated the world and uh, especially Russia and Ukraine to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And uh, he's asking us all to, uh, to renew that every March 25th so that she who is mother may guard us all in unity and peace. Father, let's go back to the phone lines. We've got a number of calls here who've been patiently waiting, including Deborah, who's calling in from Florida. Deborah, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Thank you so much. Greetings from the Treasure Coast. Um, I have lived a life in art, whether it was in ad agencies in Chicago or after I moved here to Florida, but I 
being raised in the 60s, um, the culture was always clashing with my faith. And um, as an adult, I can appreciate all forms of art. And um, I think personally, I'm always sensitive to people who are either deaf or blind. They can still experience art either through touch or through music. And um, I wanted to uh, highlight the the clash in our culture that I do icons and shrines because I'm a graphic designer, but also um, the secular friends that I have because I try and love the unlovely because Jesus loved me, um, that there is a push for nudity in, in public and there's a push for, I mean, this generation has tattoos to, to the utmost limit. Um, how do we reconcile that to teach that that may not be appropriate or um, things that really, really, like Father said, there's there's modern art that's really not beautiful. But um, how do we get past what the culture is trying to change, what the enemy is trying to do to art? Yeah, Father... Um... <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, Father. Yeah, very good question, Deborah. I I think in regards to this, I think uh, reaching out, our ultimate goal is to bring people to beauty, bring people to Jesus. And that's he is is longing for them. He's been chasing after us. He's chasing after every single one of us. Though what has to happen, I believe, first, open arms. I uh, recently was with a, uh, at a restaurant. Detroit is a real foodie town now, and there's a million and one restaurants. And I had my collar on, and somebody came up, and I started, ironically, you mentioned through tattoos. And I just started a conversation, not about anything religious. And I said, oh, you got tattoos, and mentioned this thing. And they were so proud about bringing, you know, like sharing what it is that they, that they want about their, you know, why they chose this. And I started to get into this conversation. And it ended up evolving into, you know, I'm going to come. I'm going to come to that cathedral. It's curious Mm. that, you know, because I wasn't judging. I was just inviting. Hey, come on, check this out. And they they wanted to come. So luckily I had my card. I said, yeah, we're up on Woodward Avenue. And come on, it's the biggest, you know, Gothic cathedral from the beginning to the end of this, you know, the street. And the person ended up coming in. But I think in my long preface to say, we're not going to, you know, can argue somebody into art, into arguing to somebody into God. We're, you know, everybody has what they like and what they don't like, but God has a way of hooking us. And I think if we just invite them in, and they're going to experience something that maybe is from go from the dull to the exciting, to from the rote to something that it just touches their spirit. And I think invi- that's what the liturgy does when you really dive in, when you really invest yourself into the liturgy, even though you may have gone um, all your life, something new comes alive. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. So that's what I would do. I would, I would not encourage that other kind of stuff that's, you know, not of God, shock for shock's sake, art for art's sake. It's all, in my opinion, has to be about God. He's the ultimate creator. He's the, he has given each one of us a mission and that's what our job is to fulfill it, to invite them in by any means possible. Very good. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you for the call and the question. Good question. Let's go from Deborah to Joseph, who's calling in from Mesa, Arizona. Joseph, welcome to the Inner Life. Good morning. Praise the Lord. He's so beautiful. Um, my experience is, you know, in high school, we had a 
200 youth group, the Catholic confirmation group, all baptized in the Holy Spirit. But during the retreat, we were on our way out uh, on the bus, and the wind was so beautiful, a transparent wind blowing through the bus, blowing through my heart and my face. Then we get to the retreat, and I was being drawn toward this beautiful, intrinsically carved altar, um, old-style altar rail on it and everything else. But there was one particular image that was uh, being, I was being drawn to, and it was uh, like a magnet as I walked down the center aisle of the church. And that image was the image, a bust of the crucified crown of thorns, Jesus, and it just seems that that experience has, all these years, I could still come back to that reference for my spirituality, and so Jesus is just such a beautiful, beautiful person. Amen. And and I think what what you're saying, Joseph, when you think of what a teenager goes through, and what you were going through at that time, um, and how through all of that, through the, you know, through nature, through, through the literal, the carving, the carving that, that some artist used his or her gift to be able to make that intricately carved altar. And then you notice then it was brought to the wound, you know, the, the, Christ, the Christ in his wounds and what he did. Look at the journey that that retreat took you on. And look at the journey that we're all on. The world is, oh, you know, we're going to all these challenges and the death and, and people are forgetting this and people. Well, the, what our job is and what I think real art is all about, it's bringing people hope. It's bringing people. If you, have you ever just turned off your phone? And, and, and which, you know, I, I, know, I don't want to say something blasphemous, but turn off your phone and go <laughs> and do something where you know, go to a, 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 a museum. Go to a museum that's in your area, and whenever I travel, I always, always, always go to a museum, even if it's just some little tiny place. And I, I will sit and just stare at a piece of art, just stare at it, and, uh, and your mind will wander, you'll be distracted and all of that. But what happens is, is it allows your spirit to catch up with your body. And you start to kind of work in this and all the other crazy things that are happening out in the world what ends up happening is it's kind of like what Grace said earlier. It's kind of we go on a little date with God, and it's this moment where you connect. And whether it be like what you said, Joseph, with the wind, or whether it be like, wow, look at the, the beauty of that altar. But then what happens on that altar is the sacrifice. And then you see the, the, the crown of thorns, and you recognize, whoa, what look at that sacrifice, that, that the Lord who adores me poured his life out for me. And then you—, you you can't help but emote, and it's transformative, hence why you remember it X number of years later. And that's what good art does when it, when it leads us to something beyond, beyond ourselves. It, it leads us to hope, and it reminds us of something more. Um, one more thing. I'm sorry if I'm, I don't want to keep rambling on, but my, I have a zillion nieces and nephews. And when I go to the Detroit Institute of Arts when I, they were little, I would have them do research on a piece of art. And then they had to tell and teach me or teach the group um, about, you know, about what that piece of art was all about. And it was great because they, un it was one thing to look at a pretty picture. It's another thing to go deeper in the symbolism, the, the motivations, the, the, the art itself. And then they walked away different and so did we. 
and even my mom, God rest her, she died um, about two and a half years ago. I would take her to the DIA, and, and she had Alzheimer's, but she responded to the art. It was very beautiful, and I would explain it to her. And it was just, it's wonderful. And that's what we do. And that's what I think you did, Joseph. And, and I hope you continue to do that. Hmm, yeah. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you for the call. We are speaking with our spiritual director, Father J.J. Mack, today on faith and the arts. What, how has the, how have the arts touched you? Uh, maybe it's a work of literature. Maybe even maybe it's a it's a work on film. Maybe it's a, a movie. A cinematic production grabbed you and moved you deeper into relationship with the Lord. If you have a story to tell, give us a call. Still a couple lines open. Our numbers are our number is triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Let's go over to Margaret, who's calling in from Little Rock, Arkansas. Margaret, welcome to the Inner Life. Thank you. I'm so glad to be able to share my story, and I hope it's okay. But um, I've always been, you know, since I was a little girl, fascinated with um, Monet's water lilies. And so the first time I got to go to New York, I went to the Museum of Modern Art to see what I thought was one painting of the, you know, water lilies. Well, I was so amazed when I walked into a room and there were three walls covered with the water lily paintings and behind me was looking out into the courtyard so it was like I was just enveloped with the outside and um, I sat down and all of a sudden I realized this is as quiet as a you know a church and every time I think about that or whatever, I always just praise God because I can't help but be in awe of the talent that Monet had to bring those water lilies alive and preserve that, what he was seeing, and that God had given him the talent to make it so big and so large for us to see and to remind us of how large and how wonderful God is. And so I just, you know, I cherish that experience I had. And when other people would walk in, it was like they had felt it too. They felt this awe because nobody talked. Everybody, you know, just was looking and all. So, but I, got, I did. I sat down for I don't know how long just to experience it. Margaret, I love it when you said something. You said awe. And how can we not be in awe when we experience beauty? And, uh, and I think that that's what Gothic architecture, for instance, was about. It went higher. And when people walk in oftentimes into a, like a Gothic cathedral, they will look up because they're in awe of just the grandness, the glory of God, to use your, your metaphor in regards to, you know, Monet and, and how he, you entered into it. And, it. and it is a sacred space because God is present there. And, and he touched you. And I, I, I love that. I think that we can't minimize, oh, that was just, you saw some beautiful thing. But that's God. That's God touching you. And that's what happens when we totally enter in, when we really embrace the all-encompassing, which is God. And he will not stop. He's going to use everything 
within the toolbox, which is everything, to get us to know him. And that is uh, that story is powerful. You should share that more and more and more because I think that is a really amazing witness. Mm-hmm. It certainly is. And I know we've just been uh, inundated with great stories about people and their encounters with, with art, but specifically how art has drawn them closer in. If you have a story to share, again, our number here is 888-914-9149. Give us a call, but we're going to take a short break, but we're going to be back with more, more of the inner life and your calls coming up right after this. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com Gregory. That's relevantradio.com Gregory. Messiah. That's the work and choice of our producer, Nick Sentovich. So grateful for him and all of his work for, for the show. And Thomas Angusser is taking your phone calls. We're keeping him busy today. Lots of calls rolling in as we're speaking about faith and the arts here on the Inner Life and Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, and our spiritual director today is Father J.J. Meck, who is a priest of the Archdiocese of Detroit. And, uh, Quite a, a connoisseur of the arts as well as I'm as I'm getting you reflecting on all these different things, Father. So it's it's again we're grateful that you're here with us. Let's see. Let's take some more phone calls. We've got Pachi who's calling in from Orlando, Florida, and yeah, Pachi, welcome to the Inner Life. Hi, how are you doing today? All right, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, no, I was just talking about how. Um, uh, I work with a lot of kids, and the way that I get the kids inspired to be in the presence of God is uh, as a rapper. I try to get the kids surrounded in a circle. I put on some music, and I allow the kids to just freestyle and just try to sing or rap what's on the top of their head. And that allows me to assess my kids in their walk with the Lord as they uh, transparently just begin to speak uh, on the spot what's in their head, what's in their hearts, and and it allows them to just be completely truthful and just be inspired. Um, it's so awesome to work with these kids. Like I see so much fire in them when I, you know, they're so inspired to be warriors of God and expose the evils of this world, you know, shining light on the darkness. And they can, they see that, you know, music is one of the most powerful ways to do that. We are the personification of God's creation and to allow God to speak through us and be able to have this power standing behind us through Christ. It's just such an amazing thing to see these kids light up. Uh, it's it's just so uh, it's so humbling and you know glory to God for that experience. You know I'm so I'm so honored. Hachi, I, I got you're blowing me away. I love this. I'm loving that there's people out there who are doing just what you're saying. Uh, when and I'm sure there's even some listeners who are a little surprised when you said rap. And I love this. I, there's two comments I want to make. One is that Archbishop Alan Vigneron is our is our metropolitan here in Detroit, our Archbishop. I'm sorry, in Detroit, and uh, he is an amazing lover of art. And one of the things he shared with me at one point, he gave me a copy of, is a um, an image of the Holy Family, and it was what someone had done, but a more contemporized uh, version. And it was Joseph had his hat backwards, and it was a baseball cap, and and they were on a bike, and he had the Blessed Mother, and there was this kind of contemporary version. And but it, I know it draws people in. And I think what you're doing is something that the church has been doing for 2,000 years, and what I 
with our with the art for God's sake, if you heard earlier, this big art show I did in 2011 and 2013, we utilized kids and we had them do art. And sometimes there people are like, oh, I can't draw, I can't draw a straight line. And my response always was, you don't, you, you don't have to, because every one of us has a gift and we just have to channel that in such a way to do what you said, to bring light to the darkness. And that's what it is. So more power to you. Yeah, Pachi, thank you. What a great testimony, too. A great way of engaging, again, with the, with the children, the youth, um, and drawing them in, uh, in, in and, through, and in through the works of art. Oh, so good. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's then go from Pachi to Ray, who is calling in from Reno, Nevada. Ray, good morning. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for this topic. Uh, basically, I was very uh, fortunate to grow up in a household where my mother was a gifted artist in just about anything she wanted to do, from music to uh, singing, uh, everything, everything. And she was inspired by her faith. I can't tell you how many paintings she has done that were uh, faith-filled. She recently passed. There is one piece of art that I remember she was doing, and it had to do with Mary stomping on the head of the snake and all of the lost souls. And in the clouds, my mother loved clouds. In the clouds, I remember seeing the face of Christ. And it was just amazing. She didn't do it on purpose. And it it just gives me chills when I even think about that painting. So I was young, probably... 11 or 12 years old, but um, I, I just feel very fortunate that I, would, I grew up with my mother. She was so gifted. And, and no coincidence, uh, Ray, and, I, and I'm sorry for your loss, but I think that um, in this, when you pray, and you can pray with that art that your mom um, created, and, uh, and I would encourage you to have others do the same thing because it's motivating you. It's, it's clearly touched you. And what, uh, what you have had in your background impacts you. And you were in a household that was alive in, in regards to recognizing beauty, to go full circle with what Patrick had started us out with. And so in that beauty, continue to share it. Even if you say, oh, I can't sing like my mom, I can't you know, paint like my mom, find your gift and what that might be, and and then connect that with your vocation. Because no coincidence, Christ is in that art, whether your mom intended it to be or not. Hmm. Yeah, Ray, thank you. Thank you for the phone call. And uh, yeah, the chills I can can definitely understand. I can see that that was... uh... I can I can see that that's it's an experience that we frequently have when we're encountering true beauty in and through the arts. Well, Father, I uh, you know I I just like you to reflect a little bit maybe here in these last few minutes of the show. You mentioned early on about praying with art, and uh, that's certainly something I'm sure that has been done through the ages. So, what maybe some history on how people have prayed with art, and how would you suggest that we pray with art? Certainly, certainly. The one um, that really jumps out at me firsthand is one of more of our contemporaries, Father Henry Nowen, who was that amazing writer, and he wrote that uh, uh, wonderful book we had in our book study here at the cathedral, uh, I think it was last year, but it was The Prodigal Son. And he goes into Russia and he sees that unbelievable painting, and just he wrote a whole book on it, which is, which is an amazing transformative thing. 
And what he did, just to kind of give you a little hint of what we can do, he went into that museum and there was not a comfortable spot to sit, but he sat. They brought him a special chair with a, in, uh, you know, uh, brought him a chair to sit, and he sat there for hours just looking at the, and it just came alive. And you, you should read that book. But what I think the key thing with it, whether you go to a museum, whether you bring, um, you know, something in like Ray had, maybe Ray could pray with her art or anything you have, bring a bring a a, a, a jar of flowers or anything. And sit there, go into your in your little corner, turn everything off, just be quiet. I think that's what's central. You have to stop for a moment, breathe, simply relax. We don't get enough of that in our day. Tune out all the activity around you, even in your I'm, – I'm good at doing this even in, in crowded places. I can just sit and be laser-focused. And, uh, and then you might want to start with a formal prayer just to get comfortable in that. But I think what is always important, I think I start with my intention. And I think it's always good to start with, uh, with gratitude. And when you're looking at something beautiful that you initially put there in, in front of you, and what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for in your life? And then when you focus in on that, that wonderful image or, or sculpture or piece of nature that's before you, what are you hoping for? And what this does is it opens ourselves up. It's kind of like when you, when you do, we all know Lexio Divina, and so, you know, with that, this is very similar. This is visio divina. We want to use our visuals, our hearing, our, our, our whole person to enter in. And just as you were doing this with scripture, we would do the same thing and let your mind take over. And you want to give your, the experience your full attention. Um, you want to look over the entire image, um, just as you would do in Lexio divina. You know, what character, what figure in that scripture kind of draws your attention. If you're looking at something, what shape, what color, what texture, you know, it kind of distracts you and calls you to something more. But then I think bring it in as you, as what Grace so well said, you know, going on that date, bring God in. What is the Holy Spirit telling you? What is your, what is your reaction? What's your feeling? What thoughts come to mind? What desires do you have? Because what that's doing is it's God revealing something to you about your life. Um, it might be for Ray. You know, she might feel a, a moment of sadness from the loss of her mom. But that hope, it brings them from what Christ did. And there will be kind of just go on this journey, this, this kind of date with God. You don't even have to be moving. You're just sitting there. But then what I think is the most important thing, as I mentioned earlier, um, the beauty of our liturgy, the beauty of the Mass, is the pinnacle. It's the source, the summit of everything that we are about. Jesus himself gives himself to us. He pours himself out on that altar and he works through the word. But then at the end we say, you know, mass is ended. Go in peace to, mm -hmm. you know, to, to um, glorify the Lord with your life. And when I walk away from any type of prayer, I'm like, okay, what do you need me to do, Jesus? What am I supposed to do with this? And what did I learn from this experience? And then you can just simply close with a prayer. But I would, I love good homilies. I love good preachers who will, when it, it kind of pokes me, you know, I might have heard it on Sunday, but Thursday afternoon it's on my mind and I'm thinking about it. And that's what I think the Holy Spirit does. He leads us into something new and deeper so that we can have joy. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I love the idea of, of doing exactly what you said. I love, I love the idea of praying uh, with and through a work of art. And just you were mentioning the liturgy there uh, as well, Father. And do you think that if we take the time to 
pray with a work of art, that that will actually lead us into a, being more receptive to or maybe a deeper appreciation of what we encounter in the liturgy? Oh, exactly, exactly, because we began earlier talking about the transcendent, and some people can be so stuck that when you're praying with art, it, it, it stretches you. And when we really pray in the liturgy, which is the best thing we've got, it stretches us. And, you know, some people have not come back after the pandemic. They feel they don't need God. It's boring. It's, it's fill in the blank. But if we really understand it, kind of like what I was referring to earlier, when we understand a piece of art, understand the motivation of the creator of that art, when you, when you, you get that much closer, and, and when we were looking earlier about uh, – um, you know, whether it be Margaret and, and with Monet or when we were talking about the mm-hmm. Pieta, when it it pulls you in and then it, it you're different. And that is really when liturgy is done well and it really touches you because it is all of the things. It's, it's the sounds, the smells, the touch, the taste, the, the experience of it. And, and, and when we really participate, it's not a private thing between us and God. It draws us out. We become in communion, and it's something that is transformative. Fantastic. Father J.J. Mech has been our spiritual director today. Father, before we let you go, may we have a blessing from you, please. So thank you, Lord. May the joy continue to shine and beauty continue to shine in all of us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Faith in the Arts has been the show today. If you missed any part of the show, you can always go back and listen on the show page at RelevantRadio.com. You can also go to your favorite podcasting platform and search for Inner Life and listen there as well. We've got the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass coming up next on Monday here on The Inner Life. We're going to be talking about the relationship between judgment and mercy. If judgmentalism is a struggle of yours, as it is for mine, you might want to tune in. Until next time, grace and peace.